0: Our scripture today is found in the Book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 4 to 15. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Since Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law, the one who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart, who will go up to heaven? that is, to bring Christ down? Or who will go down into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him they have not believed in and how can they believe without hearing about him and how can they hear without a preacher and how can they preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news
1: That is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Let's say that, the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. I'm so grateful for his word. Um, Before I went to Japan, uh, I'd never eaten sushi before. I think I mentioned this a few months ago, but it's a good story, I want to tell it again. And for me, sushi was this uh, exotic foreign food that was outside of my sphere of knowledge why would anyone eat raw fish was my question and uh, my mindset was that sushi was strange it was unusual it was weird and then i went to japan while serving on the missionary ship and the logos hope and while i was there we got to witness yeah japanese culture including women wearing kimono Uh, we saw koi fish uh, manga the onsen public baths And of course sushi so me and my mate Aaron in a sushi restaurant and it's one of those uh, with a sushi train meaning that there's a conveyor belt that just keeps on going round and round with little sushi dishes on it and all you have to do is grab one of those plates as it passes you and then you eat the sushi on the plate and it's quite simple and the best thing for someone like me who knows nothing about sushi is that you do not have to order off the menu because the actual thing is passing in front of you so you don't have to pronounce any words that you don't know how to say and sound like an idiot Um, it really couldn't be easier and now because of that sushi train in that sushi restaurant what was once uh, exotic and foreign and strange to me is close to my heart it's one of my go-to's when i go out and eat maya and i both enjoy eating sushi and I enjoy telling you this perhaps in the hope that if you're a sushi skeptic then maybe one day you will give not peace a chance but sushi a chance and then you all know what well, I know that sushi is great let's turn to our lectionary reading as we uh, 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 which is Romans chapter 10 4 through 5 and as you find Romans chapter 10 sorry 4 to 15 as you find Romans 10 4 to 15 in your Bibles let's recap this summer series so far we are we calling it broken good news for tough times and last week uh, or sorry week one we looked at uh, Romans 8 1 through 11 three phrases to locate your life And we learn that in Christ you are not condemned in Christ sin is condemned and so because of these two you're free to live accordingly so if you're feeling lost right now maybe revisit that one on YouTube uh, or wherever you get your podcasts week two we heard from my brother Josh Wallace about sharing about how God transformed him from being a God hater to a street preacher to a Someone who actually shares good news for tough times on the streets of Wales and he shared some incredible stories of God's grace and miracles in the valleys of South Wales. And so if you need to be reminded that the harvest is plentiful, that God is changing lives, then you can watch that one again. Week three. The good news for tough times was that we are fully adopted, but not yet home. And our text was Romans 8, 12 to 25, that we're in the airport. We have a new family, but we're waiting for our final flight, our final uh, flight home. And if you want to find hope in the midst of the unsettled, rather icky feeling that we often feel in this world, this airport of life, then maybe give that one another listen. Uh, Week four um, was church outdoors, and we looked at how God is way ahead of us, in prayer, through the groans of the Spirit, and God, the searcher of hearts, as he's wandering your heart, listening out for the groan of the Spirit. So he's way ahead of us in prayer, and he's way ahead of us in planning, because of his foreknowledge. And we use as our text, Romans 8, 26 to 39, which is one of the most dense, And fantastic uh, stretches of scripture in the Bible and if you need to know that God is in charge that God loves you then maybe check out that one again Uh, Romans 8 is good news for tough times Uh, week 5 sermon was brought to us last week by Reverend Miranda Valentini and she took us through Romans chapter 9 8 through 23 and an incredible insight into how God's choice and our choice Actually, dovetail and meet. And she left us with this thought of the good news this simple phrase, Jesus, I choose to trust you, is a radical uh, declaration if we moment by moment choose to live it out. That's what we heard last week. Next week, we're going to hear from Dan Noel, who set up a ministry center called the Lighthouse uh, Cafe in Smith's Falls. And we're going to be encouraged as as to the ways that the Lighthouse Cafe is bringing Smith Falls good news for tough times. And then the week after that is going to be the turn of Teen Challenge to share what's going on there um, in the world of people becoming free from addiction. And we already got a sneak peek as to what's going on there a couple of weeks ago when Belinda shared how her son Kyle, who who is in t- who's just started Teen Challenge right now, gave his life you know, to Christ and And was baptized so I've loved this series as we um, as it's brought us both teaching of God's truth with stories of God's transformation we know Jesus and we grow in Jesus so that we can show Jesus to others that's what Cornerstone is all about is knowing Jesus growing in Jesus and showing him him to others and so feel free to revisit anything that we've uh, we've taught so far um, either as a podcast Or on YouTube. Our world is broken. Our world needs good news for tough times. And so this morning, let's turn to Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 4. Oh, it's there. That says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Since Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law, the one who does these things will live will live by them Last week, uh, Miranda explained how the early church, the church that Paul is writing to, was made up of Jews and Gentiles or non-Jews. And originally, the church would have been mostly Jews. But in AD 49, Emperor Emperor Claudius gave an order to evict all the Jews from Rome. And this is actually referenced in the Bible in Acts chapter 18, verse number 2. And so they all left Rome. And by the time they, they, they were allowed back into the city, the church makeup, of course, would have massively shifted to represent mostly Gentiles not Jews and so Paul in the book of Romans is trying to explain and to clarify what faith is for a church um, some of whom have deep Jewish roots and they understand the touch points and the signposts placed throughout the Hebrew scriptures but many of them they don't Paul wants to respect the past and the origins of the faith whilst not putting unnecessary cultural and outdated hurdles in the way of the Gentile believers. And this brings us to Romans chapter 10, verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Since Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law, the one who does these things will live by them. What Paul's saying here is that if you try to earn God's favor by keeping the law the law of Moses then you will have to live in that sphere you will have to live in that world you are limiting yourself and you're cutting yourself off from grace that we have through Christ he's saying that Christ is the end or the fulfillment of the law for everyone who believes which means that whether you're Jew or Gentile, you no longer need to live in the limiting constraints of accessing God's favor through, through keeping the law. Because Jesus already did it for you. He's the end. He's the fulfillment of the law. Just like if you go to a hospital for a broken leg and it's fixed and healed and you are released, then you no longer need to walk, walk around on a pair of crutches. You are free. Even though those crutches were necessary for a time, they're no longer necessary. And the law was a crutch that was useful and necessary, but is now no longer needed because we are healed in Christ. So what do we have instead of the righteousness through um, through the keeping of the law? Instead of that, instead of the righteousness that we have through keeping of the law, we have righteousness that comes through faith. Verse 6, but the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this, do not say in your heart who will go up to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will go down into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Paul here deals with two misconceptions that are really based around our own effort, our own works, and the wrong thinking that Paul is addressing here is this. If you believe that righteousness or being right with God, being okay in his sight, if that comes from your own works, from keeping the law, then you're kind of made the hero of your own story, right? You actually end up becoming your own savior. Your works or your efforts are what save you, not faith. And you kind of end up as a, as a Hercules or a Xena warrior princess in your own narrative, And lots of movies lots of modern movies have this narrative right that I'm strong I'm okay I have what it takes I don't need really anyone else just all that has to happen now is that everyone else realizes that I'm okay and I'm strong and I have everything that I need and so you and so in this verse You either think that you have to go up up to heaven to bring Christ down, or 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 you need to go down to the abyss to bring Christ up. And the only reason that you would have to go up to heaven to bring Christ down is if he was reluctant, or if he was busy, or if he was uninterested. And so... What we see here is an image of someone going up to Jesus' house and knocking on the door and asking him to come and save them. Because, of course, in this narrative, Jesus needs your help. He needs a sidekick. He's not enough on himself. And if you go and physically, as it were, go and get Jesus from heaven, then in a sense you can claim credit for being saved. You've scaled the heights and you've gone on some epic quest up up to the top of Mount Olympus to wake up a slumbering God last week uh, Miranda referenced or explained how reliant Paul was on the on the on lots of scriptures which are now called the Old Testament and so Paul was a Jew who was trained in the Jewish faith and he's writing to a church that is made up of Jews who need to be told that Jesus fulfilled the law and he's writing to Gentiles who have to be told that this Jewish that is Jesus faith didn't just spring out of nowhere but it actually has ancient roots and it's here in verse 6 and 7 that Paul is actually referencing back yeah to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 12 and the original text In book of Deuteronomy says this this command that I give to you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach it's not in heaven so that you have to ask who will go up to heaven get it for us and proclaim it to us that we may follow it and in referencing this verse in in the book of Deuteronomy Paul is explaining as he's already said that Jesus is the fulfillment or the end or the culmination of the law so Deuteronomy 30, 11, and 12 um, is best and most perfectly and ultimately understood through Jesus and what he has done. This is a signpost that's pointing forward, yeah, to Christ. So again, verse 4, for Christ is the end or the fulfillment of the law, including the book of Deuteronomy, for righteousness for everyone who believes. Romans 10, verse 4. So Deuteronomy points towards Jesus and the name Jesus, in a sense, is stamped in big red letters all over the pages of the law because it's all about him. And So friends, this morning, if you are in need of a savior, you do not need to go up to heaven to get Jesus. He's not up there uninterested, waiting for someone to stir him to action. And neither is he down there in the abyss, in the, in the grave, waiting to be brought up to life. Verse 6. Do not say in your heart who will go up to heaven that is to bring Christ down or who who will go down into the abyss that is to bring Christ up from the dead Christ doesn't need your help he doesn't need you to venture down into the abyss into the grave you know to bring him to life he doesn't need you to rescue him he doesn't need you to give him spiritual CPR he doesn't need you to save him so that he can then in turn save you and so in verse 6 and 7 We are disabused of two misconceptions about Jesus the Savior. Number one, that he's uninterested or unconcerned in your plight. In other words, that he needs to be brought down from heaven. And number two, that he's unable or powerless to help you, that you need to bring him to life. No, the message of scripture, the central theme of the New Testament is that Jesus has already come down in the incarnation. And that he's already been brought up from the grave in the resurrection. And if he's already done this, then we don't have to do it. He doesn't have to do it again. The incarnation and the resurrection are two themes that Paul keeps on referring back to, like in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, which says this, Instead, he, Jesus, emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of, of humanity. This is called, this is known as the incarnation And when he had come as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even to death on a cross for this reason God highly exalted him the resurrection and then the ascension and gave him the name that is above every other name Philippians chapter 2 7 through 9 so here we're we're seeing that Jesus has already come down from heaven and he's already been raised from the grave and so if we don't need to bring Christ down from heaven, and if we don't need to bring up Christ from the dead to access a right relationship with God, then what is the location where we can find our right standing with God? In other words, what must we do to be righteous in God's eyes? And verse 8 answers this most important question. On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Verse 8 says that right standing with God is not found by us traveling to heaven or the grave. Right standing with God is not there. It's not far away in some far-flung theological space. No, it's near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. It's like the sushi on the sushi train. I don't have to make the sushi. I don't even have to go into the kitchen and to remind the chef that I'm there. I don't have to create my own sushi. I don't have to go up to heaven to get Jesus or down into the grave to find Jesus. The sushi is already on the conveyor belt and it's coming to me. Right relationship with God is not found in heaven or in the abyss in the grave. Right relationship with God is moving past you at this moment it's located here in your mouth and here in your heart let's listen to this verse again the message is near you in your mouth and in your heart this is the message of faith that we proclaim if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved it's a promise One believes with the heart, confessing or resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. This is good news for tough times. So, to use our sushi example, to get the benefits of the sushi, I need to believe that the sushi is there, faith, and I need to open my mouth and get the sushi inside. And if I want a particular sushi, I ask for it, I confess my need of the sushi confession and faith and the good news is that when the going gets tough the tough don't have to get going instead when the going gets tough the needy just have to believe and call out you don't have to go to heaven to get Jesus instead you you confess that Jesus is already the Lord of heaven and you don't have to go to the abyss Or to the grave instead you believe that that god already raised him from the dead the abyss and the grave and you will be saved you will be saved you will access the saving power of jesus who is the lord of heaven and of whom god raised from the dead from the abyss friends god's salvation is not far it is near it is at the tip of your tongue and the beat of your heart one believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation so righteousness right standing with God comes from faith from trust from from truly believing in him it's the total opposite of earning it's just trusting that he's already done it placing your your trust wholly in him saying regardless of what's going on around me regardless of the current wisdom of the day regardless of what my friends or the media or society tells me I choose to believe in you and in that moment of faith that childlike faith that mustard seed faith you receive right standing with Almighty God and remember it's not from keeping the law of Moses it's in believing in the one who kept the law of Moses perfectly for us. We don't have to be perfect because Jesus was and is already perfect. And through faith we access Jesus' perfection. We believe and we confess. And So my question to you this morning is this. Have you stopped trying to save yourself? Have you instead placed your trust in Jesus for full salvation do you believe that jesus is the only way to be delivered or to be rescued if so you can confess it which means you can tell him your need of him because he loves you he died for you he came from heaven for you he rose from the grave for you and now consequently salvation is not far the message is here in your lips and it's here in your heart I think maybe in the time since the Protestant Reformation that as evangelicals or Protestants Wesleyans whatever is that we've lost the art of confession we've lost the art of verbalizing truths we know in here we think it's enough simply to know it in here I don't actually have to say anything Friends, we've lost the art of speaking out loud what we know is true but Paul encourages us to do exactly that for the scripture let's see if I can for the scripture says everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord of all rich, richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved so if you've yet to call on the name of the Lord if you just have a bunch of mental ascent going on in here or knowledge but you yet have yet to verbalize it then why not simply do that this morning you'll call on him say I need you I'm not enough I cannot be my own Savior anymore I need you and for those who have proclaimed that Jesus is Lord, your job's not over yet. That's not the end. There are many people who still haven't heard that Jesus loves them, that Jesus moved heaven and earth to save them, that Jesus came down from heaven and Jesus rose up from the grave. There are many people who've never heard that. People that you don't even know about, you assume that they know. Yet they don't. They haven't heard the good news for tough times, which means they only know the tough times. If you don't have the good news, then you only have the tough times. And if you love Jesus, but are somehow thinking that God's going to magic your friends and family into the kingdom without your involvement, then think again. Verse 14. How then can they call on him they have not believed in and how can they believe without hearing about him and how can they hear without a preacher and how can they preach unless they assent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news Romans 10:14 to 15 are your feet beautiful? I know that lots of people look at their feet and Feet are often the weirdest part of your body. Hands up if you're totally content and, you know, secure in how your feet look. Okay, that's good. I see a couple, mainly only men. <laughs> but according to the Bible, you can have beautiful feet. And you don't need a makeover. And you don't need a pedicure you just have to preach and you have to go the logic here is clear people only call on Jesus if they believe in him they only believe in him if they hear about him they only hear about him if someone preaches or communicates or brings good news it's not my job I'm not the preacher referenced here you are the preachers referenced and they only preach if they are sent so it seems to me that according to this verse that the two options before us is to preach or to communicate and to send and if you're doing neither if you're not preaching if you're not communicating and you're not sending or releasing anyone, if you're not supporting missionaries all of that kind of thing if you do nothing then you're abdicating your responsibility as a recipient of the grace of God Because here's the thing there are family members of yours there are friends of yours there are neighbors of yours there are colleagues of yours who still believe that in order to be saved they need to go up to heaven themselves or they need to go down into the abyss themselves they believe that they have to do the work and they are going to hell thinking that it's all on them they think that they need to make the sushi in order to enjoy the sushi but the sushi is already made. It's already on the conveyor belt. It's already coming towards them. They just have to believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with their mouth that God raised him from the dead and they will be saved. But they don't know that yet because their friends haven't brought them into the sushi restaurant and sat them down. And who is the one that God has placed in their life to tell them, to inform them, to preach to them, to proclaim to them that no, 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 righteousness is not up there. Righteousness that is not down here. It's closer than you think. It's within arm's reach. It's near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. Who is that person? It's you. It's not me. It's you. You are the one who can bring them good news For tough times, and remember, if they don't have the good news, then all they're left with is the tough times. And I'm glad that Aaron, my friend, didn't make up my mind for me that sushi wasn't for me. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that Aaron didn't say, "Hey, you you know what, Dan? Looking at you, I don't think that sushi is your thing. You're more of a burger guy, I think." I'm glad that Aaron told me the gospel, the good news of the sushi train. And he afforded me the honor and respect to make my own choice, to decide for myself. And I've never gone back. The message is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's not make it any more complicated than God makes it in the Bible. Let's pray. And if there's anyone here who hasn't yet eaten the sushi from the sushi tree, if you haven't yet uh, uh, experienced um, the saving power of Jesus, new life in him then all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord that's it he knows the rest you don't have to explain it all he knows just say Lord I need you call on him confess with your mouth (laughs) and believe in your heart and if you if you know that God has placed you um, in a job in a family in a neighborhood and you are abdicating your responsibility to preach, then the long and the short is that those people around you are never going to hear. And one day, that will be your greatest regret